Welcome to the Littler Labor and Employment Podcast, conversations about employment and labor law issues that impact the workplace. My name is Stefan Swinkels and I'm a shareholder at Littler. This podcast deals with Littler's European Employer Report that summarizes the results of Littler's first annual European survey on which legal and HR issues are having the greatest impact on the workplace. It is based on survey responses from over 800 C-suite executive, HR professionals, and in-house counsel across Europe. In just over a year, employers and HR managers throughout Europe have witnessed the explosive growth of the Me Too movement, which has altered sentiment in what is acceptable and what is not in terms of relations between the sexes in the workplace. As reflected within this research, Me Too has encouraged significant changes in workplace practices, formal codes of conduct, and even the physical space that we occupy. Running parallel to Me Too has been mounting attention and legislative action on the gender pay gap, which has been propelled to the top of the HR agenda once again. But the responses concerning these sensitive issues paint a divergent picture across each of the countries included in the research. For example, whilst gender pay equity is the top HR concern in Belgium, Italy, Spain and the UK, it is considered much less of a concern in France. The rise of the gig economy has also presented significant challenges to employers, many of which find themselves contending with competitors with greatly reduced per unit payroll costs and hyper-flexible business models. The research provides new insights into the different levels of concern the gig economy is causing across Europe. For example, whilst French, Dutch and Spanish employers see this as a top HR issue, it is causing much less concern amongst German and British employers. Employers continue to grapple with the accelerating use of AI and data analytics as well, with many respondents indicating this technology is having as a profound change on the workplace, similar to the widespread adoption of desktop computers in the 1980s and the 1990s. Key findings within Littler's European Employer Research 2018 include Gender pay equity is seen as the most concerning HR issue amongst employers, with 37% saying it has caused a high or very high level of concern in the workplace. Only 21% of the companies have taken no action in response to the Me Too movement, with the majority implementing a range of measures to stamp out sexual harassment. Employers want to see change to employment laws especially in the following areas. 43% want gender pay gap reporting laws introduced. 41% want minimum periods of maternity and parental leave reduced. 26% want to see a cap on discrimination claims. And just 11% of the employers think there will be no material changes as a result of the UK leaving the EU. There are clear parallels between the concerns of European employers and their counterparts in the US. Earlier this year, Littler's seventh annual executive employer survey revealed that 36% of employers in the US 
see gender pay equity as causing a high or very high level of concern, similar to European employers at 37%. A little bit about the research. This inaugural report reflects a broad range of HR perspectives, particularly the legal, social, technological, and political issues having the most profound impact on the workplace, including what changes to EU employment laws employers most want to see, how employers have and have not responded to Me Too, how employers are using AI or big data within the HR sphere, what issues agile or flexible working are presenting for employers, what opportunities and threats employers see in Brexit. Within this report are findings broken down by country for country. For Germany, France, the United Kingdom, Italy, Spain, the Netherlands, Belgium and Norway, as well as the differences in opinion between large and small companies. I now would like to discuss the findings on a country by country base with colleagues from the following countries. In Italy, Milan-based partner Carlo Mayer, from Paris, France, Guillaume Desmoulins. In Germany, in Hamburg, is Thomas Griebe. For the UK, I will speak with Hannah Mahon. In Brussels, in Belgium, with Koen de Bischop. And finally, in Amsterdam, I will talk to Dutch partner, Wouter Engelsman. Carlo Meyer, you're based in Milan in Italy, and I would like to ask you a few questions regarding the employer survey. The first question I would like to ask you is, what are the most important findings in your jurisdiction? Well, the most important findings are for sure the gender pay equity, uh, which has been probably, let's say, the most important uh, uh, result that we have seen from the survey, as well as the rise of the digital economy and the gig economy as well. and. Uh, also the use and deploying AI technology. Were you surprised by this outcome, Carlo? Well, yes, a little bit, even though uh, some of the matters are uh, have been discussed uh, over the years, such gender pay equity, I've been surprised of how the, uh, the HR manager and HR director are concerned about this specific matter much more than I expected actually. And also uh, about the digital economy, I was surprised on how this AI technology has been used and, uh, and is used now by uh, employers and really much more than expected, especially considering our uh, economy that is made mainly from small businesses, small to medium businesses. You mentioned AI and robotics. For many people, robotics and AI are still a little science fiction, but do you experience that companies are ready for this development or is it still the great unknown for Italian managers? Uh, well, I think that we should uh, distinguish the big companies and large businesses from the small to big businesses that are the majority in Italy. Of course, uh, in our economy, we have a few uh, high technological businesses that maybe are not very big, but are very advanced. And so 
of course, for this kind of businesses, artificial intelligence and robotics are uh, something which they, they, they deal every day. Uh, same uh, is probably for large businesses, but of course, uh, for uh, the majority of, of the small businesses that we have here in Italy, these topics are uh, very far from being, uh, uh, let's say, day-to-day -day matters. Right. And finally, uh, my question is about the future. What new topics can you see on the horizon? Well, actually, uh, I don't really foresee new topics, but I see that some topics that are uh, really day-by-day -day topics have grown in the last uh, month and will be probably getting more and more importance in the near future. And I'm mostly thinking about discrimination matters that in Italy arrived a little bit later in respect to other countries, but that are getting more and more important in the last few months and years. And I really think that will be one of the most important topics of, of the near future. Okay, thank you very much, Carlo. We will now turn to Guillaume Desmoulins, who is based in Paris, in France. Guillaume, what about France? What did you think were the most important findings from the report for France? One of the most important findings is uh, probably the high level of concern from French employers for the rise of gig economy as well as the, the use of artificial intelligence and, uh, and immigration policy. Another important finding is uh, that nearly half of employers uh, in France want gender pay gap reporting laws. This really means that gender equity is not a, a source of uh, concern or I would say something that is uh, uh, supported, this is a need or even a request from employers. And this means a lot, I believe. It does. I think so too, um, Guillaume. Were you surprised with this outcome? I was surprised regarding indeed uh, the, the big level uh, of need and of request regarding gender pay uh, gap reporting laws. This was really a surprise. I was a little bit less surprised uh, on some other topics such as uh, concerns uh, regarding the rise uh, of the gig economy as well as the quite likely low interest I would say from French employers uh, regarding the Me Too movement. France is a country known for many large companies, but also uh, a country where many smaller businesses are operating. Do you see a big difference in the issues that are important for smaller businesses compared to large companies in France? Yes, we, we can see a difference. Small uh, companies are facing, I would say, day-to-day -day issues in, in, a, in a legal context where uh, I would say um, French labor law did not provide, I would say, sufficient uh, adapted legislation for small companies. Uh, it means that most part of the rules apply for both small size companies as well as uh, important uh, uh, businesses. So uh, I would say that, yes, the concern for small size companies are mainly working time remuneration, whereas for more significant companies, uh, concerns are more about staff representations, negotiations, and all probably the 
these important concerns uh, related to um, the gender pay gap uh, as well as uh, the rise of the gig economy are probably more concern for significant companies, uh, raisers and small businesses. Right. The final question for you, Guillaume. Uh, how do the companies in France deal with the contingent workforce? Eh? You also mentioned that the gig economy is an important issue for French employers, and this is part of that. How how do companies in France prepare for this new workforce? Well, again, they, they have to fight in a kind of uh, uncertain legal environment. We can see that uh, the last governments uh, tried to set up status for this uh, contingent workforce, but uh, never uh, managed to uh, create, uh, I would say, uh, uh, safety and security for both these contingent workers, I would say, as well as for uh, employers. So I would say we are uh, companies are living in a kind of gray area. They are taking risk, uh, legal risk on this because uh, they know that the situation is not uh, really in a good legal frame. However, they also understood that they have to deal with this uh, a new type of workforce and uh, they have to propose and to, uh, to adapt to uh, the need and the way of working of this uh, new uh, workforce. Thank you very much, Guillaume. From Paris, we travel to Germany where in Hamburg, our partner Thomas Griebe is located. Thomas, for Germany, what were the most important findings that came out of the report? Well, um, following the refugee crisis, uh, when, when Germany almost uh, welcomed one million immigrants, uh, the rules on employing immigrants were held uh, to be too restrictive. And so many employers uh, wonder how to balance an adequate level of migration and their strong need for talents. And the second most important finding uh, relates to sexual harassment, which is uh, the second highest level of concern. And we see more and more cases coming up uh, due to the Me Too debate. And the Me Too debate definitely brought more light into the shade in Germany. Um, and finally, uh, the third uh, most important finding is that the majority of employers want to see gender pay gap reporting laws. I think those are three uh, key concerns. Um, talking about the Me Too movement, uh, which is considered a great concern in Germany, do you think that the Me Too movement will be a constant factor in the future, or will we see a decrease of interest for this topic? I think uh, and I hope that the Me Too movement is something permanent. Um, we all know that human beings tend to forget, and this should be avoided in this regard. We realize that more than 50% of all graduates are female in Germany, so that this will hopefully have a positive impact too. On the other hand, it is worth to mention that we have seen cases where the parties were a bit too sensitive and not every love affair at the workplace can be qualified as sexual harassment. About Brexit, which is obviously something that is considered of great interest in Germany, do you expect a lot of changes when the exit of the UK from the European Union is finalized in Germany? Honestly, I think the Germans will appreciate the results of exit because we see more opportunities than threats. Uh, from the German perspective, there are currently already a number of job 
transfers to Germany. We have relocation issues. There are a lot of uh, funding, new legal entities, and so forth. So I think for, for Germany, in particular Frankfurt, this will rather have a positive impact. So from this perspective, we are not very much concerned. On the other hand, we have to realize that making business cross-border with the UK will probably be much more difficult, and this will have an indirect impact on the German economy as well, which, of course, will probably result in, in other uh, issues. And finally, Thomas, do you see any actions taken by German companies already to avoid the pay equity gap between uh, female and male employees? Well, we have um, a new law in place since the beginning of this year, which is the Pay Transparency Act, which already requests every employer to um, make the pay structure of the company transparent so that employees have an opportunity to, to raise claims regarding their uh, remuneration. And, of course, the German employers, from our perspective, are fully aware of it, and, and therefore we were a bit surprised by the outcome of the survey, saying that um, a lot of German employers uh, ask for more uh, gender pay gap reporting laws, because such a law is already in place in Germany. Interesting. Thank you very much, Thomas. We'll move to London, where Hannah Mahon will tell us a little bit about the outcomes of this report in the UK. Anna, can you summarize the most important findings? Yes, yeah, so here in the United Kingdom, um, it probably will come as no surprise that uh, gender pay equity was again high on the agenda. It came sort of joint first along with the rise of the digital economy, which again didn't come of, of any concern um, or surprise to us here. Um, and then it was very closely followed by sexual harassment. Um, again, no surprises there really for us. Talking about Me Too, uh, do you think that in the UK uh, it's an issue that is solved now or will there be new events coming up and will companies continue to struggle with this topic? I think the survey highlights actually that it's definitely not solved by UK employers um, on the basis that I think 29% of employers in the UK responded to say that they hadn't actually taken any action yet in response to the Me Too movement. Um, so I think it's fair to say that definitely in the short to medium term, it will remain high on the agenda. And actually, I think more so in the long term, as, as Thomas picked up, I don't think it's something that's just going to dramatically fall off the agenda. I think it's going to remain there for a long time to come. When it comes to robotics and AI, do you think that English and UK companies are ready for this? Or uh, is there still a lot of work to do before they can implement uh, this, uh, this change that will inevitably come? I think they're definitely ready for it and I think they've started to embrace it um, and we've sort of been seeing it more in HR processes um, that clients have been taking the time to, to get on board with AI and robotics and actually just more widely within their business in terms of streamlining. However, I think once more and more employers get on board with the sort of gender pay equity and the sexual harassment, which have probably been taking up much more of their time in the past year, I think once they feel like they have that a bit more under control and they've got their um, action plans in place, I think they will then turn their efforts much more to embracing robotics and AI. Yes, and inevitably we also need to talk about the Brexit 
Um, it is, of course, very difficult to say anything uh, uh, about it at, at any point of time in time. But with the knowledge of, of now, what do you think, how do English companies prepare for the Brexit? Well, I mean, you say with the knowledge that we have now, but really, um, we don't have much more knowledge than we did about six months ago. So I think it's fair to say from a strict legal perspective, um, there will be little or no change to existing UK law um, that derives from Europe. I think in the future, we may see some change as to how much precedence EU law has here in the UK. But that will very much depend on the deal that is done within Europe. Um, so we won't really know going forward how much will be bound by things until the finite detail of the a deal is done. As I'm sure you've very much seen, it's still very high on the political agenda and we actually don't have a formal sign off on the actual deal itself. I think practically we've already started to see the impact of Brexit. So again, I think as Thomas picked up, We've seen the movement of a number of headquarters or just employees um, more generally from London to the continent. So I think that's really at the moment where we've seen the biggest impact of Brexit. That doesn't mean to say that more isn't to come. I think it's just very difficult at the moment to pinpoint exactly where specifically in relation to the law we will see changes in the future. Thank you very much. I think very appropriately, we will move from London to the country where it's all happening for the Brexit for to Brussels, Belgium. Koen de Bischop, you are in Brussels. Can you uh, explain to me what the key findings were in your jurisdiction? Well, the key findings, uh, first of all, were the gender pay equity, which is uh, a top HR concern amongst employers in Belgium. It has been high on the HR agenda for years. And uh, Belgium also has uh, gender pay gap reporting laws for some years now. We've also seen uh, the Me Too movement gaining momentum in Belgium. And the survey clearly shows that employers have been modifying compensation policies, uh, revising hiring practices, um, but also conducting audits of current pay in, uh, in light uh, thereof. What the survey has also shown is that Belgian employers want uh, leave periods such as maternity and parental leave reduced. Again, this is not a surprise because they have a lot of career interruption systems in Belgium. And the combination and flexibility of these uh, create issues for employers in terms of uh, business continuity, but also work organization. And finally, I think it's an important topic is also the Brexit because of its um, important business ties with the UK, especially in the Flemish region. Employers are, are quite heavily concerned about Brexit and the impact uh, it will have notably on employee mobility and protection. Uh, you talked about the uh, parental leave and that it uh, is a concern or all sorts of leaves including parental leave, that it's a concern for Belgian companies. Have you advised companies on how to deal with that and how could you help them? Well, parental leave, I would say under Belgian law, is, is a straightforward mechanism. But what we are trying to do is, is help employers implementing solutions, not only uh, for dealing with, with parental leave and whether an employee is entitled to it uh, or not, but also uh, look whether there are solutions for dealing with absences and and planning alternatives. Um, 
We have been helping employers, for example, on working out flexible work arrangements outside of the strict legal framework that can also help in setting up solutions for parents uh, to combine work and private life. Right. Do you see any new topics coming up for the next year or years? Well, what, what we are expecting and what we also see in public debate is that uh, there is a lot of call and need for uh, tailor-made compensation structures, especially in Belgium that is the case because we have uh, quite high uh, charges on employment and we uh, see employers looking for alternatives also to make uh, their compensation packets more attractive uh, towards candidates. Another uh, point that we expect uh, to become a major point on the agenda is uh, measures to keep the elder workforce on board and to motivate them. And what we also uh, believe to be an important topic for the future is the continuing advance of artificial intelligence and robotics. It has presented major challenges, but it also creates opportunities for employers um, and many will also be concerned about the disruption this technology is causing. So I think that this is going to be a huge point of attention for the years to come. Thank you very much, Koen. Uh, we will now travel a short route from Brussels to Amsterdam, where Wouter Engelsman is uh, based. Wouter, for the Netherlands, what did you think were the key concerns that employers identified? Um, I think the, the rise of the gig economy is the most concerning HR issue in the Netherlands. In particular, the lack of a legal classification for people working in the gig economy is causing concern. Um, one of the key challenges is that there is not just one type of gig worker, as the manner in which a gig worker performs his work and on which legal basis he has been hired uh, largely depends on the setup of the digital platform. This results in many companies classifying workers as self-employed, even when they are working full-time. And such a lack of classification makes it very difficult to assure the flexibility we need in the labor market and the entrepreneurship we want in the labor market on one hand, while preventing large groups of workers without having any social security benefits in the event of disability or unemployment on the other hand. And this heavily relates to the affordability of our social security system and as such causes a, a real concern for employers in the Netherlands. Was the Me Too mo movement also an important issue in the Netherlands, uh, even though not as big as maybe in other countries? Uh, on the other hand, uh, Dutch companies definitely did a lot uh, in Me Too prevention. What is your take on the Me Too issue in the Netherlands? Will it be something that will continue to be a concern for employers in the future? It will be a constant factor, but as you mentioned, it's not a very big HR concern at the moment. However, the, the increased awareness by all people that are involved, all stakeholders that are involved, will lead to a changed working environment. We see that already with our clients. The current rather soft approach in court, in case law, will change over time as well. You are advising many large companies. The Netherlands has many uh, large companies, but also you advise smaller and mid-sized businesses. Do you see a big difference in the issues that are important for both of these kind of companies? 
Yes, we do see a difference. Uh, I think for small employers, the current obligation to continuously pay the wage of an employee for two years in case of incapacitation for work uh, due to illness is a real burden. Additionally, the mandatory reintegration efforts that need to be carried out in these two years is a real problem. For bigger companies, both the reintegration and continuous payment of sick employees is much less of an issue. They are much better equipped to handle this. And we assume this will also be placed on the uh, political agenda in the near future again. Walter, today I think we can say that the gender pay equity and the gender pay gap was the most important concern for employers. If you would look into the future to the 2019 Littler Employer Survey, what do you think will be the most important topic then? I think it will be, well, one of, uh, one of the um, important topics will be the consequence of the Brexit, because this will uh, certainly impact our ability to do business in and with the UK. The loss to the Dutch economy has been calculated already uh, to be equal to 10 billion euros. So this will be very substantial. Next to that, I think there's going to be less economic growth in the Netherlands or maybe even in, in the whole of Europe. Um, we see that reductions in wor workforce play in a, a more important role uh, in our daily practice already. Thank you very much. With this, we end our podcast on Littler's European Employer Survey. For any more questions, you can go to our website and you can also download the report and the infographics there. Thank you very much. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.